Welcome to the Sales Acceleration Show, where we talk about the science of selling across the areas of demand generation, sales, and sales operation. This show is about doing. We focus on real problems, real solutions with real people, all dedicated to accelerating sales. I'm Gabe Larson. And I'm Steve Error. Let's dive in. Let's rock and roll. We're here live at the Sales Acceleration Show. You got Gabe Larson and Steve Air. How you doing, Gabe? Yeah, something happened bad this week, Steve. Namely, Steve got me hooked on Breaking Bad. Yeah, welcome to the party about five years late. <laughs> I could, I never wanted to do it, and honestly, I wish I wouldn't have. I was supposed to do something last night. I went from seven to two in the morning. Well, um, wait till you uh, get a taste two. of El Pollo Loco. <laughs> I'm on season two, and Steve just told me that there's five seasons. So I'm not a big epi- I'm not a big TV show guy. You are now. I am Welcome. now. So, anyways, that's the latest. But we got a got we got a good show today. We got Jared Fuller, VP of Sales at PandaDoc. Jared, how the heck are you? I'm doing fantastic, Gabe. And guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Jared's actually a friend um, of uh, one of our old guests. What's Josh's last name? I don't know. Josh Harkis. Josh Harkis. Um, How did you know Josh again? So we, ironically enough, met on a podcast. So uh, I was on a podcast, uh, Nathan Latka's, and yep. Josh reached out to me because I was talking all kinds of crazy talk about sales enablement, and no one really was talking about it the way that we were. And he's like, dude, I heard you on the podcast we have to we have to connect and lo and behold we ended up becoming like the best of friends uh, over the last six months so yeah i actually bet he did say dude he was kind of like the uh he, he came on the show and just uh lit our fires got us yeah, pretty jazzed about uh just telling people to just get take out. control yeah, take, yeah, power, that's yeah, right. take power take control um so is josh do you actually live near josh are you, you oh no you're west coast he's east coast isn't he yeah, so Josh is uh, based out of North Carolina, and I'm here yeah. in San Francisco, right in the heart of the fight eye. Nice, 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 nice. So you're just an hour behind us there. Well, um, interested to dive in and start talking about misconceptions, massive misconceptions around social selling. But before we do, Jared, maybe you could just do a quick introduction of yourself. And we always ask guests to maybe go a little more informal, tell us something a little more unique or interesting about yourself as well. Yeah, for sure. So I'll, I'll make it short and sweet. I started in nonprofits, uh, helped a couple of nonprofits get off the ground, created my own marketing agency. Then I grew that to about a few dozen employees. Uh, then I got, I stopped making other people money. I wanted to get into SaaS and start having my own business and uh, focus on my own products instead of building them for other people. And uh, co-founded Job Hive, and then uh, came over here to Pandadoc afterwards. So I've been heading up the sales team uh, after growing out the partner team from zero percent to around 15 percent of our revenue um, nice. so now we have about uh 20 inside sales uh folk that uh i head and i'm growing quickly and you asked me to say something that most people wouldn't know that's a little unorthodox or, or weird <laughs> and i got a pretty good one so i used to be a, a lead singer in a death metal band that toured uh, new mexico colorado utah arizona so you actually swung through utah yeah. What was the What was the name of the band? Yeah, we'll prove it, man. We're googling it right now. Google <laughs> oh, you, it, Steve. You won't find anything on it. This was ten plus years ago, but it was it was, it <laughs> was called Don't dare me. It was called Prophecy for the Damned. Wow. 
So yeah, it was a death metal band, like I said. <laughs> wow, you like went that? That's intense. Do you know what's? I, I, I couldn't. If you asked me to to do anything, I to to remember anything, I, I couldn't tell you. No, look but, what it pulls up when it says that. When it, when you type, <laughs> he, he typed in Google "prophecy for the damn." What did? Hey, put it back there. What did it say? It said, it said the Book of Enoch and UFOs. <laughs> that, that was the number one. Uh, being. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Well, yeah, we can't find anything on it. So you do you actually did you play any instruments or you just did kind of the um, I mean, you, you sang that was your thing. Yeah, I was just the lead vocalist. Oh, I, I Googled it with quotation marks and that actually shows one show in Farmington, New Mexico. Yep. We have it up right now. <laughs> we're looking at it and we will put a rep. Make sure in the show. There notes, will be a Steve, link. That you, oh, uh, no. Get that to the show notes. That's awesome. Look at that. Prophecy so, of the Damned. Wow. Holy moly. Oh, your yeah. website's down. Yeah, dang it. Dang it. All <laughs> right. Um, no, appreciate it. That That is, um, I mean, Steve, that's got to be top. I mean, that's got to be one of our top. I think that beats climbing to base camp at Mount Everest. Yeah. I mean, what's base camp? Yeah, if Tim, you climb Mount Everest, Clark, yeah, this might be. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, could we get one of those high, like, could you do like that high note that they do and like, eh? Yeah, do you still do it? I mean, do you still sing it all? Uh, uh, no. So if... If someone wanted to jam out, uh, I would happily grab a mic and uh, have some fun. But so I was full range. So I'm talking the screams, the growls, the high pitch, <laughs> the the singing, the everything. Um, so love it. My my wife was like, I know in a past life you were this death metal vocalist, and because now I'm like this clean cut San Francisco you know kid. Um, but like you should, I want to hear it once. So I put on a death metal song and I went into it, and she's like, You sound like the devil. <laughs> you can never do that again. I'm glad you she's like, I would have never dated you. <laughs> so so married but no kids, right? You haven't uh, uh No, he's saying the song no kids for at least a while. Yeah, that's right. Your wife's still questioning that decision. Um wow, interesting. Um God, I mean Steve's was something I can't even remember now that I hear that one. But yeah, no, uh, I, I forgot my own once I heard that one. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, let's get into the meat, meat of the conversation. Um, sounds like you've you've been around the block, so to say, when it comes to sales, when it comes to marketing. You've run teams. Sounds like you've participated in teams. Today, we were going to talk about this concept of massive misconceptions of social selling. Social selling, Steve. I don't know. It seems like one of those things where. It's a buzzword and it is annoying. And I sometimes I think the emperor has no clothes. Like, what the heck? You're not actually social. I, I don't know. It gets confusing. So I'll be interested, Jared, to kind of pick through this when we talk about massive misconceptions of social selling. I mean, how do you kind of explain? How do you coach people through that? Right. So, I mean, I think there's kind of five key areas I like to talk about. We can dive into the first one, Gabe. And I think the first massive misconception is it's easier to get uh, to get results. People think, oh, it's social. It's more relatable. I use Facebook. I lose Twitter. I use LinkedIn. It's going to be easy. Well, the reality is a cold message or a cold touch, whether it be across email or phone or social is usually just as annoying and most of the time just as ineffective as its previous medium. Mm -hmm. And I think to do social selling right, it's actually really hard. For instance, um, I happen to be it, and I'm not, I don't want to toot my own horn, but pretty dang good at social selling. And why is that? Because I produce content, right? I can write yeah. for the, the HuffPo or the Forbes or the Inc or HubSpot or Salesforce. And I produce content 
that I can relate to when people say, oh, you know, Jared wants to talk to me about sales. He's an authority in sales, right? And I get good results from social selling, but it's not easy. I spend way too much time, effort, and money on trying to have a social presence that I would never recommend for an entry-level account executive because they have to build that brand. So to yeah. say it, to say it's easy is so misleading. And I see account executives and SDRs trying to ping people on Twitter, and I'm like, guys, they have no, they know exactly what you're doing. You have 25 followers, right? You're following 700, and you're trying to ask them about this sales product. Like you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, right? So it doesn't matter the medium that it comes from, it's still going to be cold. So that is interesting. So if, if I'm going to be an active social seller, it doesn't mean I can't, I, I can't actually just go out reach to random people. I do need to build my own base. I need to get that content. I need to basically be in my area realm, a, a, you know, quote unquote thought leader. Is that kind of, kind of where you're going? Right. So I think whenever people uh, think about social selling or I hear things, you know, it's the future and it's easy, it's different. I'm like, look, you have to invest a ton of time in developing content. And if your job is hitting quota, right, month over month or week over yeah. week even, that's a really difficult thing to do. And I actually try to say to most marketing teams, hey, you should focus on trying to elevate your reps more and help them with this right? Help them produce content, give them ideas, allow them to publish on your blog, etc. cetera. Yeah. Uh, that's where you can start to make it a little bit easier. But at the end of the day, someone's got to write the content and you have to give it to people so they can interact with it. Otherwise, uh, it's not very it relevant. No good. So do you not then recommend that sales reps don't do it? I mean, it's too much work. You're right. I mean, the followers, the content, the the, you know, the activity, the, the conversation. I mean, if I've got a quota, can I really do, can I really be effective at that? I mean, or, or do you coach people and say, you know what, just don't go there, man. So I think that's the second bullet point that I typically like to talk about is that social selling is for everyone. I think it's for a certain segment and mm -hmm. it works really dang well. So for instance, when I was starting our partner program and I was reaching out to people that were sales enablement thought leaders, and trying to convince them to join PandaDoc's partner program, that was a very strategic conversation. So I'll give you some examples of one call closes I did from social selling. Literally, they'd never talked to me before, set a meeting, and closed business, right? A new partnership yeah. plus revenue. Someone wrote a great blog post, and it was a good blog post. I consumed it, right? I was mm -hmm. like, damn, this was amazing content. I left a comment and said, I have to talk to you. He shot me his email. We got in a phone call. I talked to him about our partner program, how we could help him with his sales enablement services. He bought that day. Hmm. But when I say it's you know, easy or for everyone, he responded to me because he'd seen my content before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He also, um, you know, it wasn't easy because I had to read this, you know, 15 minute long blog post. <laughs> you know, imagine if I had to get every lead that way. That's hard. Right. It is hard. It is hard, man. So w when you say optimal segments, do you feel like that, you know, how would you define that? Is it is it more the, the strategic model, you know, that relation based sale? Is it more the transactional high velocity model? Where do you kind of see that fitting in? Right. So it has to be strategic and high value. Right. Yeah. So if you're if you're running a you know thousand dollar ASP and you want a social sell, good luck with that. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, like it's break out the mass email or pow. Right. Um, Build an inbound model, get people coming to you. But uh, I see people ruining social selling. So one of the reasons I'm kind of quasi passionate about this social selling topic is 
you know, the outbound people that are going, okay, we need a new mechanism because emails, you know, slowly and slowly fading out is going, it's now social. And I'm like, no, it's, it's yeah. not, it's a different ball game. It's not the Don't same. It's just it for the people who can use it the correct way. I, I guess, I, I guess that's my hope, right? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's funny. I, I've got, uh, I've got a decent Twitter following, right? And well, hold on, mate. I don't know if you're talking about that. You may need to ask Jared what he has and then kind of compare notes. I don't know. What's a decent Twitter following? What's a decent Twitter following? Yeah. Uh, a thousand people. I mean, okay. like that's, that's decent. I've got, a decent, I've got a decent Twitter following. Do you? You had, you had a thousand? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, break out the ruler. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What are you trying to say? Go ahead, Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. I do okay. And, uh, um... Uh, people ask, you know, how, so how do you get it there? Where do you like, how do I, in a week, how can I build that? And I'm like, well, you can't. The it right takes way. a lot of time. Yeah, it does take a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. It takes, I, I think, con- I think you hit on the head content, you know? I mean, Jared, do you worry about um, this, this concept of content becoming the new spam, right? I mean, if we all start producing content, then um, does it turn into like a new email spam? That's a really interesting question, and yeah, I pay I thought about that. I, I pay really close attention to the HubSpot ecosystem, um, you know, and inbound and everything that they're doing. Uh, and at PandaDoc, we're a high velocity inbound business. You know, we have fifteen hundred signups a day, right? So we use content and SEO and drive traffic to us as opposed to reaching out um, pretty consistently. But we have seen some interesting trends. Um, for instance, on-site content versus off-site content. Do you see these places like, uh, you know, Medium right now exploding and companies ditching their own blog for places like Medium where they have uh, a built in audience that's raised their hand and said, hey, I want to consume content. Mm -hmm. And that's that's actually kind of scary because it destroys your site's SEO. Right. Um, You're not perceived Mm -hmm. as the content owner. Um, So do I think content will eventually become so ubiquitous that no one cares and consumes? Well, I mean, look at Twitter, right? It's 140 characters. Uh, so that's that's where our attention span's gone. We've already got so much content that we we condense it into five-second videos. I mean, look even at Snapchat. Link, even yeah. LinkedIn is full of uh, its memes on LinkedIn. That's it used to be right. like in uh, professional articles, and now it's all memes and... <laughs> Right, exactly. And I think now you have the Snapchat generation and uh-huh. I, and now I'm on Snapchat, which is crazy because I never thought I'd be on Snapchat. And I, I freaking love it. And I'm like, oh, no, if this is where content goes, like literally in Snapchat, here's I think you hit something really interesting. Think about it. Content disappears within 24 hours. Yeah. Right. There's not even a repository for content. It's like Everyone is being turned into this content machine and people are starving to feel like, you know, they're relevant. Oh, please consume my content. Please consume. And yeah. we have a generation of people coming up that are used to producing content every day. Like these stories, if you've seen them on Snapchat, our boy Josh Harkis, you should follow him because that kid puts so much ridiculous time into his Snapchat to produce like the perfect story over the day. I'm like, if that's oh, really? if that's what we have to do in 10 years to get a sale, we are screwed. Oh, man, that just <laughs> makes me sick thinking about it. I mean, you're right. It takes a lot of time, and it's one of those things that people, you know, you'll hear these social selling experts be like, look, it's like 10 minutes a day. It's like, no, it's not. I mean, if no. you're writing a, a, me, a meaty article or some sort of meaty content, 
It's a two hour. That's a two hour article. I mean, you gotta you gotta put something out there. Then if you're like Josh, you gotta put videos. You gotta get your makeup on and everything. No, I'm not saying Josh wears makeup. I'm just saying maybe he does. We don't video. know. Don't judge. I mean, that takes don't time. Judge. It takes time. Um, God, that's gonna be interesting to see where it goes. So let, let's continue on the conversation. So we've hit kind of the concept of hey, maybe it's a little bit easy. Maybe it's for everybody. You've hit those two misconceptions. Let's jump into number three here, this concept of bringing you leads. How do you explain that or what's the misconception there? So if we just build our Twitter following, people are going to start to talk to us about our product. Uh, BS. No. Right. Oh, we have a great company LinkedIn page or we have a great Facebook page. I haven't seen a successful social selling campaign that brought that brought in leads through that social uh, through so through that social channel. It's still a hunter's marketplace, right? You have to go out and get those leads. You have to consume content. You have to produce content, and you have to engage with that person individually. Meaning, you have to reach out when you see someone share and leave a relevant comment on something that you produced. You still have to reach out and try to turn that into a business conversation. Yeah. You know, and even more so, probably like you said, I think just in a previous example where you actually went and engaged with someone and then they came to you, saw that you were potentially relevant and credible. And then, you know, they were willing to kind of continue the engage or continue the conversation. And so um, it's you, you've got you got to do both. That's interesting. So leads don't necessarily come to you. You've got to go after them, but you have to establish that credibility and trust in order to be able to have that consistent dialogue. If you don't have a picture on your LinkedIn or you got some eggshell on Twitter, then that conversation probably isn't going to go very far. So you got to have no you eggs. Established. Yeah. Lock the eggs. Um, yeah. Just, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, people are thinking, Hey, I'll just get on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll make a post and I'll get leads coming in and it just doesn't happen that way. So, so it has to be a coordinated marketing effort. So for instance, if you're, if you talk to any sophisticated marketer that does a good job at producing content and then distributing it through social channels and then using people. So let's say high profile people within the company to distribute and continue to repurpose that content. You'll start to see their social channels turn into a lead source for educational content. Yeah. And then maybe eventually uh, it'll turn into, you know, product uh, leads where they go, okay, I saw your blog post on this I came back you know a couple times and then I saw your ebook on this then I downloaded your white paper now I'm starting to look at your product well guess what that's just good marketing it's not the it's not what people are talking about with social selling though right this isn't it reminds, me, it reminds me of something that you might get from uh, marketing automation exactly you know it, it, it's a drip campaign but it's not social selling in the sense that a field rep or a sales rep or an inside sales rep or an SDR is generating leads as a result of their social activity because I would call BS and say that actually doesn't happen. You're not generating net new leads from social activities. Yes, you might use social channels to distribute content and bring people into your funnel, but I've rarely seen uh, an entry-level person, right, where we say it's easy and for everyone, actually use that successfully as a lead generation tool. Yeah, you know, I wonder if we're going to start to see a place where, um, where where it actually comes to, you know, I had a sales leader the other day tell me, Gabe, the, the rep is now, I consider them the CEO of the territory. That was kind of the word he used. And um, if you actually get to a place where it's almost, I mean, you've run your own business, Jared, you know this world probably better than most, but 
where I, I think of my territory again, I'm not just posting, but I'm posting and I basically am trying to drive traffic to my own landing page and a lead form that basically comes to myself. And I'm actually publishing Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads. And I mean, I'm just throwing out different examples, but I create almost my own little business model um, as if I was a quote unquote sales slash marketer. Do you see, I mean, is that going too far down the path? You don't think sales will ever go there because we're just two salespeople? Or do you see a place in the future where it's like the sales rep runs his own business, truly runs his own business, generates his leads, his own content, and basically consumes as needed? Well, I can tell you one thing. If someone wrote that book, I'd probably read it. Um, so there you go, Gabe. Um, <laughs> you, can, uh, you can go off and hint, write, hint. write that. Um, hint. I, I don't know if, if that's if that's where it's going to go. Um, I imagine that level of effort, like, you know, running Mark. I'll back out for a second. Everyone's talking about the rise of, you know, uh, sales and marketing alignment or this marketer or what, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, all these buzzwords. And I still don't see many hybrid roles from a closing perspective. I see hybrid leadership, right? Director of sales and marketing, right? Or head of sales and marketing alliance or sales excellence or some weird title. But I, I haven't seen tactically in the field, you know, a rep that's like, yep, I generate my own leads and I close my own leads because it goes back to predictable revenue 101. You know, yeah, the Aaron, Aaron yeah. Ross. Specialization trumps, right? Yeah. Yeah. Specialization. You know, uh, salespeople shouldn't prospect for the most part unless you have a very strategic or high ACV, you know, high ASP product. Yeah. Interesting, man. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, let's not go too far down that. Now, now, now my head's starting to spin. I'm like, all right, let's get a book out on this. <laughs> I've never even written a book. Um, okay, so yeah, it's number three there. It'll bring you leads. Let's go to number four. You talk a little bit about this idea of social selling, bringing you a new channel to reach your buyer. Can you dive in or explain that? Right. So for instance, you think, okay, we've scraped all the emails in the world and we've been able to get, you know, some of their phone numbers. Um, but if we go social, we have this new avenue that's less noise that we can actually get through. So for instance, in a, in a cadence setup, um, it's very common now for a, uh, inside sales team to have, you know, in, let's say there's five steps. Step one, phone call, email. Step two, phone call, email, LinkedIn message, right? Yeah, that's Ste right. Right. Step yep. three. And it's like this is a new channel to get in the door. And on the one hand, right, OK, a LinkedIn message that might be true. You might get some response rate and that justifies the cost of an in-mail. Right. But it, to the same accord, LinkedIn is the business ecosystem. Right. We're here explicitly for professional reasons. And whenever you zoom out of LinkedIn and you try to add a channel like Facebook. Yeah. Good luck. Let's send a Facebook message right to your potential buyer and see how far that gets you uh, send a uh, direct message via twitter i get those pretty frequently no one responds to those outside of linkedin there really isn't a new channel to reach your buyer i would argue that it's a great channel for marketers right and distributing content and people sharing but you yourself I don't think you're going to be able to reach your buyer through Twitter, through Facebook, through Snapchat, through um, any of these other things that people think. Vine. Vine, right. <laughs> Instagram. Hey, do it, man. I want you to get Vine. I will get, well, let, let me throw this out to you and see what you think um, because it's something I used. And, and again, it's, it's a, it's a one-off case. Um, I've got a pretty decent Twitter following. 
And uh, okay, so we did check this, by the way, everybody, and apparently uh, Steve does have like seven thousand followers. So right, the thing is though, most of them are for weird stuff like um, um, uh, Harry Potter and things like that. I, I, <laughs> I probably have some fans of Harry Potter that follow me, but well, I, you I don't know, know some of the posts you do on Harry Potter, right? Those are no, excellent. I've I never really appreciate never it. seen any of them, but. <laughs> There, were, there was a gentleman I was trying to get a hold of uh, when I was a BD who was, uh, um, he had a pretty active Twitter feed, um, but not many followers. Uh, so I, I took something he posted that I, I read. I thought it was, it was it, um, I thought it was useful. I thought it was good. It was good content. So I retweeted it uh, and then uh, um, had some, some people I knew that retweeted what I sent out. And suddenly, instead of sending it out to his 50 followers, it goes out to couple, you know, 10, 20,000 followers. I'll suddenly see this thing and it kind of blew up. So the way I used it though, was I didn't stop there and then say, okay, now let's talk. When I called him the next week, he knew exactly who I was. So it was a great use that way, but not the traditional Twitter. I mean, I I don't know that you'd you'd call it a traditional Twitter play, but he knew exactly who I was when I called because I'm the one who blew up his Twitter. Right. Right. So, Again, this kind of goes back to the other bullet points. Um, you know, you had thousands of more followers than this guy, right? Mm-hmm. So not not every rep can do that. Um, and then we were talking about it being a new channel to reach your buyer, right? This added mm-hmm. some context to the phone call that you made, right? Right. So so it helped you with your phone call, and I think that's great. I think that's the place that social selling has, but. I don't think it gave you a new channel to reach your buyer. For instance, I'll put it this way. Can you repeat those results every day the same way that you can with email and phone? No, I don't. I think that's that's definitely a, a one-off case. There's a reason I remember that story. Right? Exactly. Like I have, right. I have probably a few dozen of those when I was specifically targeting strategic partners, right, that right, worked. Right. But now that I'm doing direct sales, I, I barely touch social selling, you know, see, in, see, in my I, daily. I, I would argue that it, it's not that you're replacing the quiver. You know, you're not you're sell, throwing out all your old sales arrows and replacing it with a social selling quiver of arrows. It's it's another arrow in that quiver. It's another thing that you can use in addition to the traditional plays that you use. But I would never ever advocate replacing it. Right. The I think the where where I talk about massive misconceptions around social selling is that most of the time the, the sales orgs that I've worked with uh, or the people that I've talked to. I'll ask him one question. How do you quantify the ROI of your social selling activities with your reps? And I have yet to get a good answer. I've never got a good answer from someone that's like, oh, here's exactly how we quantify it. And we know exactly how many leads it brings in. It's more like, well, we need to be doing it. And I think that brings up like the fifth point. And why do we need to be doing it? Well, because everyone is doing it. That's why. Oh, that's like, that's, that's the emperor. I mean, that's the emperor's. Close, you know, it's like, I mean, if everybody's doing it, I should be doing it. The ROI one is fantastic. That is so great. I mean, they, give me give me one good company. And the, the great thing is you get in these room with these these social seller, social selling experts and, you know, you, you pin them down, you push that button a little bit and they start to sweat just a little bit on their forehead. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it is a tough thing to really quantify. Now, can I 
can I, you know, update in my CRM that, you know, this lead potentially, or I, I had a conversation, you know, via LinkedIn potentially, but it just doesn't seem very quantifiable at this point. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind that. So we, we've got a guy in, on, on my team who's trying some stuff with social selling and figuring some stuff out and, and trying to, to work it out. And, and I was just talking today and, and the conversation that we had was, I said, would you ever go straight social selling? And after he, he, he looked at me right in the eye, I said, absolutely not. Hmm. No, never. This is, this is part of a cadence. Right. It's something you build. It's a long-term play rather than a short. And I think that's what people want. They want a magic pill that's going to all of a sudden open the sales floodgates and fill up their, you know, their, their CRM with customers. But this is a, definitely a long-term, slow play that you've got to use. If you're going to do it, do it over time. Yeah. Is that right? I, I wouldn't object to that. I mean, that's uh, that's what we've seen, right? Is it's a long term thing, and you, you know, the funny thing, what we're kind of doing today, you know, guys, is a little bit of social selling, right? We're producing content and we're engaging on this topic where people surrounding, you know, sales enablement and social selling, et cetera, are going to engage and they're going to listen and they're going to want to talk to us about it. But yeah, let's let's have every sales rep in the U.S. right go out and try to create a podcast, create their own blog, create their own brand, their own image. Right. Like, uh, it's difficult, super difficult. Yeah, and it is going to be difficult. God, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, Jared, really appreciate you coming on. Um, that was actually, that's an interesting conversation. You're right. Uh, the misconceptions of social selling, and I think we've all been subject to it. I mean, you know, I got to jump on the bandwagon, but what bandwagon we don't really know and we don't know how to do it. So interesting th thoughts. I'd love to actually, we may have to get you back on, Jared, to talk about, okay, if these are some of the misconceptions and what are the principles or best practices yes, you try to Yes, we need to see the other side of it in as order well. To Definitely. Do that, but we'll have to kind of table that for the moment. So, Jared, if, if people want to find you, um, you know, Jared, you guys, if, if I may mention, sounds like you guys are also looking to, to launch a cool podcast. But if someone wanted to find you, where would they do that? How would they do that? Well, ironically enough, they should hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at, at Fuller Freedom. Fuller Freedom. Yeah, I think I, I already found you. I just followed you. So, and uh, make sure uh, while you're at it, while you're following and subscribing, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, you can email us with any questions or, or complaints about uh, 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 complaints about I don't know Gabe in general <laughs> um, at podcast at insidesales.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Gabe Larson and uh, I'm at Steve Error. Really creative, not nearly as creative as as uh, Jared, but uh, um, also look us up on LinkedIn. I know uh, um, uh, that that is one place where Gabe is actually putting out really good content on a regular basis. And uh, with that, let's get at it. <laughs>